I am the Pope in question. My name is May Lynn. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. It is episode 459 of this podcast. Yes, yes, little Lebowski Urban Achievers and proud we are of all of that. Uh, excited about today. Excited about this week. I've been having fun with uh, the summer of Rocky that we've been doing. I'm not going to ask you yet how you feel about the Rocky franchise, buddy, because I have some ideas about how you feel about it, but we'll talk about it when we get to the movie. So I will say, though, I, I, we were going to do the summer of SNL movies, and I think that... It, as far as our self-esteem and our mental health, I think the summer of Rocky was a better choice. I'm just saying, I I would want to kill myself if I had to watch all the SNL movies. So, well, I, I just can't imagine having to watch Stuart Saves His Family and It's Bad. And the Conads, I, uh, uh, I'd rather watch Rocky Balboa. But anyway, it's monologue time. Jeff! Now, Bunny, to be clear, your name is not Jeff, Bunny. No. Uh, Jeff is the name of our occasionally reoccurring podcast segment within the monologue wherein we do a bunch of different bits, a few news segments, a few funny bits, etc. It's like a podcast smorgasbord. Podcasting potpourri, if you will. Uh, now, I much preferred the other name that we were going to name this, the Betty White Memorial Podcast segment, brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Download today. However, we both agreed on the name Jeff for this uh, occasionally reoccurring bit and so that's our decision so let's do this thing first off uh i've got some news huge news the coneheads was off the coneheads was off the only good thing about the coneheads movie uh is the fact that the band bare naked ladies does does a cover of the public enemy song fight the power that's like that's like the Osmonds doing fuck the police. That, that's like um that's like uh, John Denver doing a cover of um Cop Killer. It's impressive and it's one of my favorite songs of the Bare Naked Ladies. First off, if there is a noise that you hear in the background, it is Sunday, it is laundry day. The laundry room's right here and I apologize if you hear any banging or anything like that. But I have news. Uh, I'm trans. I know that probably comes as a shock to you, Bunny. No, no, we're not. Because uh, I've been uh, openly trans for over two years now. Two years of identifying as a trans woman and one year 
of being on hormone replacement therapy, that is going to fall. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Bud Light, I'm here. Yeah, I can be the spokesperson for Tecate Blue. I have no problem with that. Tecate Blue. It's like Tecate, except it doesn't taste like shit. That's the commercial right there. Boom. So, uh, but I, as a trans woman, I deal with a lot of, am I trans enough? Am I enough of a trans person? It, 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 I, I keep putting these roadblocks towards my womanhood. Oh, well, I may identify as a, as a woman, but I'm not really a trans woman, not until I get on hormones. Okay, well, I'm on hormones, but it, it, I had an uncle, uh, Uncle Javier, and he liked to fiddle around with the guitar. And one day my brother said, oh, hey, Uncle Javier, I learned how to play the guitar. And my uncle just went, oh, you learn how to play the guitar? Do you know how to play Stairway to Heaven yet? No. Oh, well, then you don't know how to play the guitar. Because uh, no one knows how to play the guitar until they can play Stairway to Heaven. So my brother got all pissed off and he learned Stairway to Heaven. And then the next, uh, I don't know, a baptism or funeral. My brother's like, hey, Uncle Javier, I learned how to play Stairway to Heaven. Oh, do you know how to play American Pie? Oh, because... No one's a guitar player until and my he my uncle kept putting roadblocks towards my brother being a, a guitar player, and I keep doing that in my head. Oh yeah, I'm on HRT, but I'm not really a a trans woman until I've had a surgery. Oh, I've had a surgery. Oh well, I'm not. So anyway, I I made a uh, well, I had a surgery, and uh, I can't have babies no more. It, it's funny because I get attacked a lot on, on social media, on, on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter by all of these bigots. And I love getting attacked because half of the time it helps me. It helps my self-esteem. Like one person said, oh, just because you have a, a pretty wig on your head doesn't mean that you're not secretly a man. And it's like, so you think my hair is pretty? Thank you. That is so sweet of you. And then uh, someone else said, just because you've had uh, uh, a plastic surgery doesn't mean that uh, that you're a woman. And it's like, so you think my face looks nice? Thank you. That is so sweet of you. It's the thing is, is that there. Yeah, basically, there's a lot of people out there who just they spend all of their time on social media attacking trans women. And it's like, OK, so you set up this Twitter account to attack trans women on so on social media and then you were banned. So you set up a second one and then that one was banned. And now you're on like your seventh account and going through your replies. All you're doing is attacking trans people. And it looks like you're on here for a couple of hours a day doing nothing but attacking, attacking trans women. So uh, that seems like an obsession. Or uh, another word for it, a fetish.
a lot of the people who are like, I hate trans women. That's why I spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week doing nothing but attacking trans women. Yeah, it's called a fetish, bro. It's fine if you have a she-male folder on your computer, but don't take it out on me. I'm just a stay-at-home freaking mom. But I, I, I set a roadblock for myself, and just uh, about an hour ago, I, I successfully completed yet another sign of my trans womanhood. This is my Blaha shark. Because for whatever reason, the Blahaj plushies from Ikea have become a trans icon. You just search Blahaj on anywhere. You just search Blahaj and you'll find like a million of them. Uh, a millions of figures. Every trans woman has one of these. And our closest Ikea is three and a half four hours away. So uh, I ordered one with my paycheck from my main stage performance at OKC Pride Fest. So this is my uh, new Blahaz shark. And because he came in today, I am naming him Rocky. So this is Rocky the Blahaz shark. And I love him. I bought a second one for Mal, but I'm not giving it to Mal until it's his birthday in September, and he's effing pissed. It's like a normal birthday. It's almost your birthday, and I got you something. So of oh. course I'm gonna save it until your birthday. No, I'm giving it to you as I'm giving it to you on your birthday. They are pissed. They are pissed. You don't have to name you don't have to name your shark after the Rocky franchise, but if you want to name yours Apollo or Polly, those would be great names to uh, go with with Rocky here. So I'm really happy that I have a that I I'm finally a trans woman because I have a Blahaz shark that I can just take a million pictures of and take everywhere I go. So I'm happy about that. Funny. I have a new impression. Are you ready for this, Bunny? I'm really proud of this. This is this is a good one that I think that most people will be able to relate to. Uh, <laughs> on a deep personal level, I think a lot of people will relate to this. This is an impression of every person on the planet singing the song Killer Queen by Queen. Because, oh, driving around, and it's like, oh, let me put on that song on my on my phone. Uh, Killer Queen by Queen. You heard that song? I love that song. That's one of my that's one of my favorite songs of Queen. I love that song. Oh, here it comes on. Oh, I love this song. She keeps a moment in her pretty cabinet just like mary antoinette building the deputy kennedy but you can't decline caviar and cigarettes 
is extraordinarily nice. She's a killer queen. Dynamite with a laser beam guaranteed to blow your mind. Anytime. Who recommended Insatiable. Wanna try? Anyway, I love this song. This is my favorite Queen song. I know all the words. So that's my impression of everyone singing along to the song Killer Queen. I love that impression. I'm in love with my car. I liked how that song was like a punchline in the Queen movie. I still haven't gotten over the Queen movie. That it's like, okay, this this is about a gay man and his fight with AIDS and, his, and he's partying and he's leaving this crazy life and we're going to make this movie. Let's talk to the band members. And the band members are like, well, the music of Queen is for everyone, so we want a G-rated film. What the fuck? What the fuck? I still can't get over that. Uh, in other news, Bunny, did you hear about Kentucky? It's not that they did it now. They've always been doing this. It's effing weird. Okay, apparently, thanks to a very, 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 very old rule, any and all politicians and elected officials that get sworn into office in Kentucky, every single one for decades now, centuries now, um, when they get sworn into office in Kentucky, in their oath of office is a section where they have to swear that they have not ever and will never engage in a duel. That is something that's been on the books since like 1800s, and it's still on there. And to this day, you have like, a, I don't know, it's 2025, and a uh, black trans woman is taking the oath of office, and it's like, well, hold on a second. You forgot I say you forgot. <laughs> it's Kentucky. <laughs> you forgot I say you forgot to... Uh... First off, in Kentucky, they don't use a Bible. You swear on a tub of KFC. It, well, there's moonshine in the KFC bucket. And then it is, oh, don't forget the part where you swear you haven't been in a duel. That's just freaking weird. In the in the year of our Lord, 2023, people are swearing that they haven't been in a duel. And that blows me away. Some people want it removed from the oath of office because they say it makes Kentucky look backwards and behind the times, which, yeah. And some people want it kept in because of history and yada, yada, yada. But here's my idea, Bunny. Bunny, here's my idea. Do you think we could spin this, Bunny? What if we make dueling popular with the far right? And they start dueling themselves out of existence. Right. Um, and also, what about a 
fencing competition. Does is that would that that would that kind of be considered a duel? Can you play Yu-Gi-Oh at all? Because that's also a duel. Uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. That's a card duel. Are Pokemon cards just completely illegal in the in the state of Kentucky? No. What I think is the Democrats say, okay, we need to remove this from the rule books. In we need to get rid of this from the oath of office in Kentucky because this is old and outdated, and we need need to get rid of this. And and the Democrats keep saying that so that the Republicans, because the Republicans are basically like a Daffy Duck arguing, uh, uh. Rabbit season, duck season, rabbit season. So if you want Republicans to be for something, Democrats just have to be against it. So we get the Dems out there and they're all about getting rid of the duel. And then that will force the Republicans to go, oh, and now these these liberal communist hippies are trying to get rid of our dueling. Dueling is a proud tradition. And then next thing you know, all the Republicans are shooting themselves each other. I think that's a decent idea. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's a good idea. You, you get an election of like 12 people and then you whittle it down to just two and then you have them duel for the position. And then you like put it on TV. That would work. Have you seen them? Yeah, there's a there's a movie from 2022 called Duel, and it's really good. It's like a science fiction satire thriller starring Karen Gillan. She 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 uh she's uh the British woman who was uh nebula who's nebula in the mcu it's a really great movie and i highly recommend it duel from 2022 uh meanwhile donald oh i forgot about that we did that didn't we didn't we do that i think we did I think we did. That was a fun movie. I like that film. That was basically... Um, Battle Royale, the Japanese novel, turned into an amazing Japanese film. That is incredible and uh, blows me away, and I absolutely love it, and there's nothing to compare it to. But if I had to pick an American Battle Royale, I wouldn't pick The Hunger Games. I would pick Series 7, The Contender. And, and the movie was done by people who worked at Survivor and uh, other reality game show type things. So it has a reality to it. Series 7, The Contender. Love that movie. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is going through some shit. Ever about time. Ever. Uh, yeah, you should be hearing Bunny. I hear Bunny. 
Uh, how about this? Until we figure out this problem, I'll just tell you what Bunny says. What's that, Bunny? Bunny says that I look incredibly beautiful. Thank you, Bunny. What was that? Bunny says that uh, Barnes & Noble was wrong to fire me. Thank you, Bunny. What else was that? Oh, I do think I look good in these earrings. Thank you so much. These are 100% things that Bunny are saying. So, well, Bunny, while you try and figure that out, and also, uh, viewer, thank you for letting us know you can't hear Bunny. And please uh, let us know when and if you can hear Bunny. Maybe if you could just yodel, Bunny. And you just keep yodeling. And then when the sound comes on, if if uh, a viewer could let us know when you can hear Bunny's yodeling, that would be wonderful. So I'm going to continue. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is going through some shit. Every day it's something new, and he's rage truth socialing, which in full-on all-caps panic mode. And it's fascinating. I don't understand how people can that believe be a, a word that Donald Trump says because basically what he's going through is uh, every day he's getting on social media and he's going, uh, well, first off, first off, I had no classified uh, documents. None. There were no... You can hear them. Now they can hear Bunny. Hooray! Uh, and how many shows has that been for? <laughs> <laughs> I will never... The world may never know. First off, you can... I did not have any classified documents. None. I would never do something like that. I don't have any classified documents. What's that? The FBI found classified documents in my house. Well, the FBI obviously planted them there because, like I said in the beginning, I have no classified documents. I've never had any classified documents. And even if I did, which I didn't, I have a standing order to declassify any documents that I might have taken uh, home with me from the White House. I mean... Look, I've never said that I didn't have classified documents. Do I have classified documents? Yes, I do. But I have a standing order to declassify all of them. You can't find the standing order. There is no standing order. Well, this is a witch hunt. Yes. And it's like, how can you, how can you believe a word that's coming out of this man's mouth? He is panicking. Which is surprising because nothing says trustworthy more than an alleged billionaire begging supporters to pay all of his legal fees. There's nothing sus about that. No, no, not as at the all. young kids would say. Now, uh, finally, the last bit of Jeff. Uh, here's some good news, Bunny. Okay. Good news, everyone. We can use some good news. Yes! Um, monkeys are having gay sex all the time! This is actually a headline. Monkeys are having gay sex all the time, study finds. Well, this you, is from you, a what? You know Pornhub better than I do. That's all I can say. Uh, I, 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 to be clear, I hate Pornhub. I hate it. it creeps me out and I don't use it. I'm more of an ex-hamster. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I have searched for monkeys having gay sex. 
I just keep coming up empty. Yeah. I'm I'm more of an xhamster.com gal. Yeah. So this is from the website thepinknews.com, all the gay news you would ever want. Uh from July 12th, monkeys are having gay sex all the time, study finds. Male monkeys regularly have gay sex and are behaviorally bisexual, according to researchers at Imperial College London. They focused on 236 males within a wild colony of 1,700 rhesus macaw monkeys on a Puerto Rican island over the span of three years. The study found that same-sex behavior among monkeys made the monkeys better friends and more likely to back each other up in conflicts. Well, that's what the Spartans said. The findings suggest that same-sex sexual behavior have evolved and could be a common feature of primate reproduction challenging beliefs that this is rare in non-human animals. Also, uh, same-sex behavior engaging monkeys also had more offspring. More specifically, with all social mountings of the 236 males recorded, male-on-male and male-on-female sexual activities, 72% 72% of the male monkeys engaged in same-sex mounting compared with 46% of different-sex mounting. Most male monkeys are behaviorally bisexual. Now, hear me out, Bunny. Um, I suggest one of the coolest, most incredible, mind-blowing Planet of the Apes reboot you could ever imagine. Yes. Uh, yeah. uh yeah. I'm just thinking I'm just thinking like, man, like how cool is it to be a scientist? You know, and just be like, Hey you you wanna go watch monkeys fuck? Like, yeah, but let's get a grant for it first. <laughs> you know? Oh, uh, we so got $100,000. Let's go watch us some monkeys fucking. <laughs> oh, so you guys are all scientists. Interestingly, interesting. What do you do? Oh, well, I am working on the Large Hadron Collider and uh, working on discovering the, the intricacies of the universe itself. Oh, really? What do you do? Oh, well, I'm a chemist and I'm working on the cure to eradicate AIDS completely. Oh, interesting. What do you do? I watch monkeys buttfuck each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I write about it. Uh-huh. I am also as equal a scientist as the other two. Yes. To be clear. So I, I somebody, love that. Some, for the sake of humanity, somebody has to watch the monkeys buttfuck. Somebody has to. And, and, somebody has to. And, and apparently... London researchers. Important knowledge comes from this. Like, Bobo really likes the smell of brute. Uh, and it's it's fascinating to me that, like, it, this news is somehow funnier when you know that it's British researchers. 
it's it's just it's just Oh, looks like they're having butt sex again. Frightfully good. Oh, is it almost tea time? Well, let's watch these two men nut off, and then we'll go get a spot of tea. Yes. Like, like that's fascinating to me. I love that. So anyway, I'm working on a Planet of the Apes reboot. Oh, I'm look, calling they're it... using the Oxford technique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm working on a Planet of the Apes reboot. I'm calling it Queer Eye for the Straight Ape. And I, and I think it's gonna be a great. It's gonna be wonderful. We're gonna get like five gay apes, and they're gonna be teaching the straight apes <laughs> how to have same sex behavior. SSB. That's what they kept calling it in the article. SSB. So we're gonna be working on our SSBs together, all of us. Very excited about that. So that is it for Jeff this week. A.K.A. the Betty White Memorial Podcast segment brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends Download today. We are going to take a short break to reset Zoo. And when we come back, it'll be part two of the podcast, our historical segment, which is called uh, Historic Approximations, or HAL. And I'm very excited this week because we're talking about Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> And I'm oh, so excited to be talking about Bobby Bonilla, Bonnie. The name is, is tickling something. I'm not sure what. Oh, we'll be talking about uh, my favorite baseball players. Okay. My favorite baseball players is a list different than other people's lists because I don't know anything about baseball. But that doesn't stop me from having favorite baseball players. One of my favorite baseball players of all time is Pete Rose. I don't know how good he was, and I have never seen him play, but you know what? I've seen him get choke slammed by Kane, like, at five different WrestleManias. Nice. And that goes a long way for me. So as far as I'm concerned, Pete Rose is amazing, because what? Reggie Jackson? Was he ever choke slammed through a table? I think not! So... That goes a long way for me. So, uh, why don't we take a, a, a short break to reset the Zoom? Do you think we... Should we take a break, Bunny? Should we? We should. We should. Okay. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film. Only like two this. minutes. We're not going long. Yeah, only, only, only like a minute or two. It takes us a really short amount of time. Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Do, 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 do. Certified frustration-free packaging. Hmm. Not not frustrating. That's good. I guess I just pull here and uh, damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Okay.
Huh, look at this. Certified frustration-free packaging. Hmm, not, not frustrating, that's good. I guess I just pull here and, uh, damn it. Damn it! Damn it! Huh, look at this. Certified frustration-free packaging. Hmm, not, not frustrating, that's good. I guess I just pull here and, uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. Huh, look at this. 
certified frustration free packaging hmm not not frustrating that's good I guess I just pull here and uh, damn it damn it damn it Huh, look at this. Certified frustration free packaging. Hmm, not, not frustrating, that's good. I guess I just pull here and uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. Huh, look at this. Certified 
frustration-free packaging. Hmm, not, not frustrating, that's good. I guess I just pull here and, uh, damn it, damn it, damn it. love that little video. Crap. Yes! Oh, so excited it's, for this week. It's kind of cute. It's growing on me. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Barney! Yes? If you're like me, you're no doubt a big fan of this podcast, The Pope on Film. I mean, who is it? It's sweeping the nation. It's Swiffer wet jetting the nation. But uh, only the real fans, the true hardcore fans, who have been with us since the beginning, uh, back when uh, this whole thing was just a, a show on a CB radio. Yes. Back in the early days when we were both truckers. Uh, only the true hardcore fans who have been with us since the beginning would know the two basic facts about the both of us. Two undeniably really real and in no way made up on the spot facts. Between the both of us, America's hottest podcasting couple, the next Sam and Diane, is Bunny and Mei Lin. First and foremost, Bunny, is the fact that when you are not doing the podcast, you are a celebrated omthriposist. Omthriposist. Now tell us, Bunny, for all the people out there who might not have been with us since the beginning and don't know the fact that you are a celebrated omthriposist. Yes. First off, what exactly is an omthriposist, and what called you to become an omthriposist? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, it is, it is a, a very, very, very important studies study in uh, marine biology. I, I study the vaginas of various fish. Um, Good. Someone and, has to. Yes, and, and yes, a lot of important research. 
Uh, mm -hmm. This is this is how we realize that you, you use mayonnaise in a tuna salad. Uh, yes. Because stemming directly from this research, and definitely it was the Vincent Epo Vincent Price episode of Flipper when I was a child. I'm nice. not sure that Vincent Price was ever on Flipper, but I'm betting he was. He played Flipper. He played Flipper. Which he, is crazy. Yeah. He it was it was all uh, motion capture. He was a really good swimmer. Yes, he was. That's he something was that we don't know about swimmer. Vincent Price. So that's the first fact. And the second fact, which is about me, is that I'm a lover of history. I love it, but I'm also a storyteller. So this is the part of the podcast where, in, I get a story from the history books, maybe one that people don't know too well, and I reword it via my own unique storytelling uh, razzmatazz. And that's what this is, another educationally uneducational installment of Historic Approximations, or as we like to call it. And to be clear... That is capital H, capital A, but a small P. We need that P. We crave it. Give us P. Yes. And also, full disclosure, for a very long time, for a number of years, this segment was known as Steve's Historic Approximations, or SHAP, as I like to call it, repeatedly, annoyingly, whether anyone wanted me to or not. However, a dead name is dead for a reason, and so we are moving on. So... What is happening on half this week? This week we are discussing a very important, very historical day. July 1st! Also known as Bobby Bonilla Day! I learned about Bobby Bonilla Day for the first time this year, and it blew my mind. And I believe this isn't, this isn't one of our... Out of all the shafts that we've done, this is probably one that's most commonly known. But not for folks like us, honey. Because I know shit about sports. I know shit about baseball, basketball, football. I can play them. I just don't know about them. So... It, Sports people, sports fans, baseball fans, they know about Bobby Bonilla Day, <coughs> but nerds like us probably don't. No. And so that's what we are doing here. First off, um, Bobby Bonilla is one of my favorite baseball players. To be clear, I have no idea if he was ever good or not. <laughs> because, again, I know nothing about sports. So let me talk about my favorite baseball players. Number one, my favorite baseball player of all time was Raleigh Fingers. I don't know how good he was, what position he played. I just know he had a handlebar mustache that, like, went out to here. It was insane. It was, like, Snidely Whiplash's mustache got on steroids. And that was Raleigh Fingers' massive handlebar mustache. And that, right there, makes him my favorite baseball player. I'm also a big fan of Johnny Bench. Okay. But only because my dad knew that I was feminine and that I was a wuss, and he, 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 would, he was constantly trying to make me into a man. 
And he made me play baseball for two years in the 80s. And I was horrible at it. So I would wake up in the mornings and I would watch a kid's show on TV <coughs> called Johnny Bench and the Baseball March. Okay. And it was Johnny Bench, a bunch of little kids, and for some reason, the San Diego Chicken. And they just get into a, into adventures and learn how to be better baseball players. I would watch it every Saturday morning. Johnny Bench and the Baseball Bunch. If you remember Johnny Bench and the Baseball Bunch, remember to take your heart medication. Yes. And don't overdo it this weekend. You know how bad your knees are. Um, it, also, Pete Rose, I mentioned this in the last uh, uh, segment, part one. Huge fan of Pete Rose. I have no idea if he's good or not. Uh, he probably should be in the Hall of Fame, but he's not in the Hall of Fame because of the gambling scandal. But also, he was in so many WrestleManias getting choke slammed by Kane. So many WrestleManias. He was in like five WrestleManias where he would always end up getting choke slammed by the big red machine Kane. And that goes a long way for me. With Pete Rose's red hair in the bowl cut, he always looked like he should be part of Creedence Clearwater's revival. Nice. Yeah, I like that. What other baseball players do I know? Oh, everyone in that one baseball episode of The Simpsons. Okay. Uh, uh, we're talking softball. From Maine to San Diego, talking softball. Mattingly and Canseco, Ken Griffey's grotesque, Leaf swollen jaw. I haven't seen this episode in like 20 years, too. Steve Sachs and his running with the law. We're talking Homer. Ozzy and the straw. I remember that from the end <coughs> credits of The Simpsons. Holy crap, I remember that. Everyone from that episode, especially Jose Canseco. We have talked about him before on the yes, podcast. I just love the fact that he exposed the steroid scandal and everyone hated him, but he did it. And, like, I, I dig him for that. What other baseball players do I like? I like you Reggie Jackson only because out, he tried to kill the queen. You can't leave out Mookie Wilson. Mookie Wilson, that's the guy the, with the LSD. Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think that was No, it's Mookie. not him. I was, I'm thinking of somebody else. Yeah, this is whoever that guy was who did the no-hitter yeah. while on LSD. He's also my favorite. Oh, he's back in there. He's back there in a half somewhere. Yeah. I know we covered yeah. him. Yeah, so now Bobby Bonilla is on my list of my favorite baseball players of all time. So, yeah, uh, this is one of those sports stories that baseball fans, that just sports fans probably know, but that movie buffs and nerds like us, no idea that this is a thing, and I'm so excited to tell this story because I find it freaking fascinating. So let's do this. Robert Bobby Bonilla, possibly one of the best batters in the whole history of Major League Baseball, it could be argued, at least according to Wikipedia. 
In the 1991 to 1992 season, he was the single highest played player in all of baseball. However, after getting this huge paycheck, he failed to live up to that paycheck and moved to team to team. And this is what led to Bobby Bonilla Day. This is how it happened. In December of 1991, the New York Mets signed Bonilla to a massive five-year $29 million contract, which, if you include inf inflation, would equal about $61 million today, which is incredible. So he was guaranteed $6.1 million a year for five years. But he started getting off his game. He started becoming confrontational. He was being a dif bit difficult to work with. So he was moved to the Baltimore Orioles. He was also moved to the Florida Marlins. Oh, shit! Steve Garvey! Uh oh <laughs> I love Steve Garvey. Not because I think he's any good. I just like making fun of him. And uh, he had all those uh, sports fishing specials and skiing specials on, like, the wide world of sports, and they make fun of him on the show Cheap Seats. Yes. That used to be on ESPN Classic. The funniest show in the world that no one ever watched was the show Cheap Seats on ESPN Classic, and they loved making fun of Steve Garvey. In my mind, Steve Garvey is the um, Tommy Wiseau of baseball. Yeah, I, I find it funny that, that you are not even the hundredth person who has ever suddenly, unexpectedly, and out of nowhere exclaimed, Oh, shit, Steve Garvey. <laughs> yeah. Freaking Steve Garvey. What a doofus. What a doofus. He is a goober. He is the textbook definition of what you would call a goober. Yeah. So, um, so, he went, Bonilla went from the Mets to then to the Orioles, then to the Marlins, then the L.A. Dodgers, and then finally he ended up back in the, with the New York Mets in November of 1998. By this time, he was definitely not living up to the mantle of the highest-played baseball player. Plus, he kept getting into fights with the Mets manager, a guy named Bobby Valentine, and I looked up Bobby Valentine, and apparently he has never been a Las Vegas lounge singer. Which blows my mind. Your name is Bobby Valentine. Yeah. How are you not playing in a club in in uh, Atlantic City? Yeah. At 2 a.m. I am blown away. So if, if uh, Bobby Valentine ever loses his uh, footing, he can always uh, turn to just singing um I and, hope. and Mac the Knife will be in his repertoire. Mac the Knife, yeah. Yeah. And High Hopes. I like the idea of a boxer going to the ring to the song High Hopes. <laughs> I thought that was cute. It, it, I skipped ahead a little bit to Rocky Balboa. I like that. So, uh... Bobby Valentine. By 1999, Bonilla's having a pretty crappy season, and so the Mets decide... Let's just let Bonilla go. Let's just fire. But if they do that, they have to buy out his contract, right? They still owe him 
six million dollars on his five-year contract so they have to buy him out and they don't like that idea and it's like ah well i guess we have to pay him the six million dollars the moment we fire him we can't have him here anymore but we got to get rid of the man and gee this sucks if only there was some other way that's when the owner of the Mets, a guy named Fred Wilpon, he says, it's going to sound crazy, but I got an idea. Okay, hear me out, okay? We get Bonilla to agree to defer the payments a whole decade, and then starting in the far-off future of 2011, we, the Mets, agree to pay him $1.19 million every year until 2035. And the people who run the Mets are like, wait, so, oh, uh, hold on. So you're telling me your big idea is to not pay him and to wait to pay him roughly $30 million in the future over a number of years instead of just giving him the $6 million now. That's your idea. It's effing stupid. We could just pay him the $6 million now instead of paying him the $30 million in the distant future. Why would we do that? Why would anyone do that? But Fred Wilpon, the Mets owner, he says, ah, this is what I've been thinking outside the box. I've got a money guy. That's always a good sign when yeah. someone says, hey, I got a money guy. Oh, yeah, that's it, that sounds way above the board. That's something we can all trust in. Look, I've got a money guy. He is a regular financial genius. He's just making money. He's just making money. He is a big-time financier in Wall Street. Massive office. This guy is just making people money. And so, here's the $6 million that we have to give Bonilla. If we get him to agree to defer the payments, I can get the $6 million we would pay him, give it to my money guy, and my money guy is so good with money. He's going to turn that $6 million into $60 million, meaning that not only can we easily pay off the $30 million in the future to Bonilla, but we will be up on the deal with an extra $30 million for all of us. It is a win-win. Bonilla gets more money, and we make more money. We would be stupid not to do this amazing plan. <laughs> and so both sides agree that he will defer payments. It's, uh, again, it's uh, to, it's uh, by 1999. Uh, he agrees to defer payments until July 1st, 2011, at which time he will get $1.19 million a year, every year, starting on July 1st. But Bobby Bonilla, being smart, he added an addendum, 8% interest. Okay. So that's pretty good. So Bonilla was bought out. He moved to the Braves. 
And he did so-so. He did okay. And then he went to the Cardinals. And again, he did fine. But injuries shortened his time on the field. His last game was on October 7th, 2001. And after that, all he had to do was sit there and wait. Meanwhile, Fred Wilpon is feeling confident. He's all like, yeah, sure, we went from paying him from sure we went from paying Bobby Bonilla six million dollars to paying him thirty million dollars, but trust me, he, you guys are gonna love my money man. He is incredible. He is just a whiz with money. Uh, he is gonna get our money. He's gonna double it, maybe even triple it, quadruple it. We are all gonna be so much richer. And he goes off to write a $6 million check to his money guy. And speaking of his money guy, Mets owner Fred Wilpon's money guy turned out to be disgraced financial grifter Bernie Madoff. Nice. Who stole millions and millions of dollars with the world's largest Ponzi scheme in history. The Mets lost their $6 million to a Ponzi scheme. And now, every July 1st, the Mets have to pay long-since-retired former baseball player Robert Bonilla $1,193,248.20. And this is why every July 1st, sports fans celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day. And it's a thing, and they talk about it on, on like, the, like, sports talk radio, and ESPN will make an article about it, and sometimes they'll email, that they'll interview Bobby Bonilla himself, and I, if you Google Bobby Bonilla Day shirts, there's a shit ton out there. Yeah. Of Bobby Bonilla Day shirts. And I, I think it's fascinating. Bobby Bonilla Day. I find this to be incredible that this long-since-retired basketball player in 2023, he hasn't played until 2001, but he's getting over a million dollars every year for doing nothing. That's my kind of job. Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 and, and, and so much better than the six mil. Yeah, so much better. Uh, the Mets played themselves. Fun fact. Which which is just the icing on the cake. Oh, Isn't yeah, it's great. It's great. So now Bobby Bonilla is one of my favorite baseball players of all time. I have no effing idea if he's good or not. But it does not matter because of Bobby Bonilla Day. Oh, I also well, like I Randy Johnson. I think you established in your story, no, not really that good of a baseball player. Yeah, he was not. Uh, I'm also a big fan of Randy Johnson. I know that he's like this redneck who's far right, but he did kill a bird once. Oh, oh, oh With a fastball yeah. so fast that the bird disintegrated. And that, <laughs> and I, I think that's hilarious. Yeah. So, a small side note. The current Mets owner is a guy named Steve Cohen. He sees the humor in this and has suggested in the past, possibly tongue-in-cheekily, 
that the team celebrate Bobby Bonilla Day every year complete with an oversized check. Okay. It is unclear if that will ever happen, but at least the current Mets owner has a, uh, a, a good uh, sense of humor, you know? And, and there's a little potential of recouping some of the money. If you have yeah. Bobby Bonilla Day and you make it, you know, you make it like a free hat day or something like that. One of those things. Yeah. Get everybody into the park. You have the nice big check to give Bobby, you know, and make money off of Bobby Bonilla Day merch. I, to I try am... to get back those millions of dollars. There were I almost. I was pretty close to buying a plane ticket to Chicago to watch a baseball game. That's to watch a serious. major league, to watch a Cubs game in person. I was very close because I saw online, and this is 100% true, apparently Tim Robinson, the creator of the greatest television show of all time, the Netflix series I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson, he started out with um, the Second City Improv Comedy Troupe in yeah. Chicago and so to celebrate, I think you should leave and Tim Robinson, they had Tim Robinson come to a Cubs game to throw out the first pitch, and everyone in attendance got an exclusive club, an exclusive Chicago Cubs Dan Flash's shirt. Okay. Dan Flash's. And, and they did a press release for it, and it was just filled with a million different I think you should leave references. And it, they were they were going to give out like free hot dogs because uh, hot dogs appear a lot, and I think you should leave. And it's like, oh, I'm not a sports person, but I would go to this. So uh, I, I I can 100% picture them doing Bobby Bonilla Day. It's like yeah. a big thing in getting people to show up and, you know, do some baseball game on July 1st. I would be down for that. You would still go to see the Chicago Cubs to get uh, I Think You Should Leave shirt? Yeah. It's, it's... You hate I Think You Should Leave with Tim Robinson? Eleanor, who are you, Bunny? <laughs> How dare you? It is the funniest show of all time. It goes like this. I think you should leave with Tim Robinson, Cheap Seats, Syphil and Ollie. Syphil and Ollie was a show done entirely with socks. And it played on MTV at the same time as ER. You could either watch George Clooney be sexy, or you could watch Two Socks sing a Blue Oyster Cult song. It was an amazing time. So that's it for Historic Approximations, or half this week. I love that story. I absolutely love it. Bobby Bonilla Day. Bobby Bonilla is one of my favorite baseball players of all time. And again, I don't know the sport, but it doesn't matter. Because Bobby Bonilla, oh, got that, got that sense, got that smarts. He's getting a big-ass paycheck every year until 2035. Good for you. 
Man's super old, but he's making that money, and good for him. And, uh, and I, let's I, talk about laughing all the way to the bank on that one. Got that right. This is a story that's so fascinating that that you know sports people know it, but even non-sports people should know the hilarious story of Bobby Bonilla Day because this is freaking hilarious. So uh, be sure and join us next time for more educationally uneducational fun with and. Cut on that. Hey. Yes? Uh, so we're going to take a break. I would say about 10 minutes. <laughs> but uh, when we come back, uh, it's time to talk about this week's movie. The 2006 film Rocky Balboa. Yes. I believe Rosaki Balboa, I believe is how that's pronounced. It's, it's a Truffaut movie, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? What was that? It's a Francois Truffaut movie, isn't it? Yeah, it's a uh, it's 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 about bowling or some yeah. shit. It's a it's a touching story about how sad it is that our nation's Butchers get fired. Yes. At an old age. It's very sad. Very, very sad. But before we get to that, uh, maybe we should take a break. Should we take a break? We should I didn't take ask a break. You. I didn't ask you. Bunny, should we? We Bunny should take a break. Okay, we'll I concur. We will be right <coughs> back with more of the Popon film after this. Play us out, Eleanor. Come on, you can play us out better than that. Come on. Keep it, keep it, you know. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Goody, bop, a doo, wow. And burst. You scared me, Eleanor. <laughs> We are broken.
It's me, Reverend Steve. I am nervous because I'm going to drink a 41-year-old beverage that might kill me. There was a TV show called Dallas. Dallas was a soap opera that originally premiered in April of 1978 as a miniseries. But the miniseries was so popular that in September of 1978, they decided to turn it into a short one-season TV show. It became so popular that it ran from 1978 to 1991. One character, uh, Bobby Ewing, was killed off, but he was so popular that they decided to make his death a dream. Really stupid. And then, of course, the, the main character was sort of the, the patriarch of the family. His name was J.R. Ewing. In the 1980s, they made a beer. Premium beer. J.R. Ewing's private stock came out in the year 1980. And it says on the bottom here, if you have to ask how much my beer costs, you probably can't afford it. I purchased very cheaply a six-pack of this. One had a hole in it, and it was empty, but the other five were still open and sealed, and so I put this in the fridge for a while, and I'm going to drink it. Surprisingly, I posted about this on Twitter, and I'm like, hey, I've got this 41-year-old beer. Who wants to see me try it? And the answer was a big, resounding, no, are you serious? You could die which I wasn't expecting from Twitter, but I basically got shamed. And uh, so I'm going to open this. This is weird. Do you see this? How, how do I? Ooh, look at that. That's the weirdest. Huh? Like the old V8? Yeah, it's like V8. Okay. So, um, all right. No, I didn't shake it. I'm going to drink a 41-year-old beer now, so Pinky's up for the classy stuff. So, okay. Hmm. First off, it tastes dusty. <laughs> But when you get past that, okay, so you know when when you're like young, when you're like in your 20s, and you're like, I'm going to go get beer. The cheapest beer imaginable. Okay, so so there's like, there's like cheap beer that will burn your mouth because it's horrible. And then there's cheap beer where it's like Mickey's. That's what this is. This isn't bad, but it's also not good. It 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 tastes all right. It tastes all right. This is pretty good. This is pretty good. It tastes cheap. It doesn't taste as uh as uh, 
premium as J.R. Ewing from the hit show Dallas, but no, this is all right. This is pretty good. I wouldn't recommend it, but yeah, this isn't that bad. It's cheap and dusty, but I've I've drank cheap and dusty beer before. You know, go into some sketchy convenience store, and they have a ninety-eight cent uh, pint of some beer you've never heard of before, and you buy that. That's what this tastes like. Uh, it's not that bad. Not that bad. It's all right. This is a weird video, but hey, thanks for watching. And if you're watching this during the podcast, hey, break time. Buddy and I are peeing. I had some crazy nicknames back in the 70s, but all those friends died in the 80s. I wonder who else I can call. Hello? Hey. Kind of cute. What's your name? Nancy? Oh, hi, Nancy. Stand by your window so I can see you. You stand a million miles away. Oh, I'm sorry, hon. I'm not allowed to have windows uh, court ordered. So, um, you sound kind of foxy. Uh, but it's not too personal. When was the last time you had sex? Coming up on the seventh day. I know who he is. Uh, you know who, who what is? The killer. What killer? What the hell are you battling about? And if he gets me, I'm pretty sure you're next. Whoa. Whoa, what, what kind of shit are you getting me into, Pumpkin? Just give me some help nailing the guy when I bring him out. What are you battling about? My dream. What? <laughs> If I can't, then you can all relax, because it's just a case of me being nuts. Yeah, and for, and for some reason, this is really turning me on. Then you won't mind cold-cocking this guy when I bring him out. What? You heard me. I grab the guy in my dream. You see me struggling, so you wake me up. We both come out, you whack the fucker, and we got him. Um, Pumpkin... Please, please explain to me what you mean by whacked. Just meet me at my portfolio. Oh, and meanwhile, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Okay, Pumpkin, you're freaking me out, but for some reason I'm also finding you very attractive. So, uh, how about you and me be girlfriend and boyfriend, huh? <laughs> this week. Go back to the movie.
Spidey. I'm a Leo, and I love dewy spider webs in the sunset. Long walks on the pavement, and hiding in shoes. And I'm looking for a special female, and girl, not everyone sees you the way I do. So let me look deep inside all eight of your beautiful eyes. And I don't see human like other people do. I see a glorious spider, baby, yeah. So I want to let you know, I'd play spider with you all night long. Shimmy here, up next to me, and do that stanky spider dance you do. So shake that cephalothorax, and your abdomen too. Ah, girl. Come on, come on, be my spider, baby. Yeah. Be my spider, baby. Come on, come on. how it is when a male spider tries to show you what he's made of and I gotta let you know I don't mind dying for just one night of sweet spider love if that's what it takes to get near your girl a hungry female may consume any invertebrate that comes along including her suitors but baby but baby I don't mind because you're truly worthy you're worth it baby my pedipals are palpitating, circulating. I could be perspirating, but I can't because I got an ectoskeleton. But that don't matter now. So let me be your daddy, baby. Hopelessly tangled up in your silky web. Let me kiss your fangs before you jump off my head. Yeah. Species. Females eat the males after sweet, sweet love. But I don't mind. Nah. You see, I got eight boots on my legs for knocking. I notice you do too. Spider baby rocking all night long. You see, even spider love is blind. Come on. Ooh. Come on, come on, be my spider baby. Sixteen yeah. boots of spider knocking. Come on. You girl, come on, come, come on, on, come on, be my spider baby. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you afraid? <laughs> come on, come on, be my baby. Yeah. Be my spider baby. Yeah. yeah. Come on, come on, be my spider baby. Yeah. Be your daddy spider lonely. Come on, come on, be my baby.
frosty odors invade your space, get Concrobium Mold Control. As it dries, only Concrobium crushes mold and mildew at its roots, leaving an invisible antimicrobial shield so it won't grow back. It's odorless, too. For the safe way to defend your home from mold and mildew, Concrobium. And don't forget to protect against musty odors and moisture damage with Concrobium Moisture Grabbers. You don't have to imagine that we're back. Because we are. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Who was the greatest? Who was the best of all time? If two athletes from different eras could actually compete against one another, who would come out on top? In one corner, the reigning champion at Mason the Line Dixon. He'll be pitted against the former two-time heavyweight champion, Rocky Balboa. Computer says Rocky Balboa would be triumphant. I think there's still some stuff in the basement. What basement? Yeah, I think I want to like fight. You know, nothing big, small stuff like locally. What are you trying to prove, Pop? I thought you might want to get involved. Don't you think you're too, you know, old? I think your brain's losing altitude. <laughs> You heard Rocky Balboa applied for a license. You want me to fight a guy that I can beat with both hands tied behind my back? That computer fight got a lot of people curious. Yeah, but I ain't interested in getting, like, mangled and embarrassed. People are going to think you're going crazy. What's crazy about standing toe-to-toe -to -toe saying, I am? If this is something that you got to do, then you do it. Fighters fight. To beat this guy, you need speed. You don't have it. You've got calcium deposits on most of your joints. So sparring is out. I had that problem. So what we'll be calling on is blunt force trauma. Heavy duty punches that will rattle his ancestors. Yeah. Let's start building some hurting bombs. Yeah, yeah, we playing with you. Cocky, the press has labeled you a Balboasaurus. <laughs> How do you feel about that? It's a fight, it's a fight. Head bust, head bust, we gon' hit him with the why is this billed as an exhibition? So they wouldn't have to call it an execution. It takes guts climbing back in that ring knowing you're gonna take a beating. It's over. You tell them over until it's over. Where's that from? The 80s? It's probably in the 70s.
It's time, bunny! It is time. It is time. Yes, bunny, my friend, my brother, my some third thing. It is time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film Podcast to country line dance our way into the third and final segment of The Big Shoe. And it is said, Big Shoe, wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our terrible, horrible, no good, very bad movie of the week. I'm not saying the movie's bad. I was just, that's a title of the book. Uh, And this week, we bravely continue our summer of yo by watching the sixth film in this series, the 2006 film, Rocky Balboa. I just saw the preview you played. This was PG? I mean, I guess. Yeah. Because there's no real cussing and no nudity. Just a little bit of uh, blood. And they use, they, they do it like a black and white and just a bunch of red makes it look like paint or a... Uh, uh, a Herschel Gordon Lewis film, yeah. but I'm shocked that this was still PG because there's a bunch of freaking fighting in it. I'm, I'm shocked by that. Yeah. And then I thought, oh, well, back in the early days, some movies were PG that should have been PG-13. Uh, fuck that. This was 2006. Yeah. Not 1983. So I'm shocked that this was PG, but it, I, it makes sense. There's no nudity. There's no cuss. So, there's just a bunch of yos. So, explanation of summer. Uh, we do uh, theme summers every year. I think this is the sixth theme summer we've done. We did the summer of Star Wars, which was actually harder than I thought. We did the summer of Saw, which I really, really liked. We did the summer of Fred Willard, because Fred Willard had just died. That was in Incredible summer. Yeah. We did the summer of... Oh, mother. <laughs> that was incredible. We did the summer of bottoming, where we watched films on IMDb's list of the bottom 100 worst movies of all time. And then this past summer, we did the summer of COVID exploitation, where we watched cheap movies meant to capitalize on the COVID-19 pandemic during the lockdown. And uh, that was horrible. But there is a movie called Coronavirus Conspiracy. It's just two dudes in a house. Yes. And it's freaking hilarious. Um, and so I am honestly excited for the rest of summer 2023. Because as I said last week, I had such a horrible time watching Rocky V in 19... 19- 90 when it came out in theaters opening day i had such a horrible time watching uh the new rocky movie that i swore off all rocky movies after that meaning from here on out these are all new to me yes and i'm excited about that a fresh look about uh, uh for me for the rocky franchise and i have heard that creed 3 which came out this year is one of the best movies of the year. And so I'm excited to build up to finally watching what some people are calling the best film of the year. I'm excited for that. But enough about me. 
Honey, you're looking good today. Thank you. Look, looking great. <laughs> uh, looking handsome, looking fit. Have you lost weight? <laughs> I saw a man yesterday with a big white beard and a top hat. And he and also what helped was that he looked like he was definitely on something. So I said, honey, I know that that's not funny. Why? And she turned and said, holy shit, that can't be Bonnie. But, but, and so we had a nice laugh. Um, so, us, we, here we are six films into our summer of yo. Bonnie, how, how are you feeling about the summer of yo and about Rocky as a character? Well, well. Uh, there are, like, so many different ways to grade this on, okay? Like, as far as a summer of, it's been one of the better ones. Okay. Okay? Like... But also, we've done some really shitty summers. The summers have been really fucking rough. Yeah. I am scarred forever by Madonna Swept Away. Bad moves. So that guy did snatch. That, that guy did the gentleman. gentleman. Mm. And all the horrible coronavirus movies. My God. So in that light, definitely one of the better summers of. Yeah. As far as the Rocky movies as a whole, the first one is a great movie. The rest of formulaic crap. This movie is still following the same formula. He just had this. They just had the son take over for the Adrian part. And they and had. Still had I, this I same, felt like the same emotional like, argument, scream at each other thing. I don't like the fact that they gave Marie, who had like a two-minute scene in the first film, like almost co-starring in this film. I, yeah. I I found that to be weird. Yeah. I, I found it weird that, like, you just adopted a family off of the street? Yeah. And I How also well doubt you know that... How girl to begin with? And I, I doubt that there's a lot of people who went to go see Rocky Balboa that automatically went, oh yeah, Marie! Yeah. From the streets! I, I am... In, in, I am intimately familiar with every small incidental character from the entire Rocky Burts. Yes. So that upset me. I was happy. I will say this right now. Uh, I have it on my notes somewhere. Uh, the actor playing Spider Rico is the same guy from the first Rocky, but this is not the same Marie. Aha. Uh -huh. Different actress. That kind of upsets me. But that's the exact same Spider Rico from Rocky's first fight in the first Rocky film. Okay. I appreciate that. And apparently at some point in time, the fa the the priest the one priest in Philadelphia died, and so he had to start getting Spider Rico to say prayers. But yeah. that's fine. So 
like, how are you feeling about Rocky? Have you had enough Rocky? Have you had enough of Rocky? Uh, he himself pretty well. I've had enough of just Sylvester Stallone forever. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this movie well, is... Well, uh, on the positive side, after this, we're moving into the Creed-averse, where uh, Michael B. Jordan will be taking center stage and uh, Sylvester Stallone becomes a side character who completely disappears by Creed Three. Nice. And I think for a lot of um, for a lot of Rocky fans, they were upset about that. But for people powering through this series in one summer, I think that will be a positive. That will be a positive. So that's good. So this is a 2006 movie, and oftentimes when I talk about a film that was done a while ago. I look up to see what was happening in pop culture that year. And so here's an odd aside. In 2006, actor Willie Shatner sold one of his kidney stones to GoldenPalace.com for $25,000. Nice. I only bring that up because the ring girls in Rocky Balboa have goldenpalace.com upon their chests. Yes. And so, it, I, I just find that weird. Just wanted to add that odd fact. Rocky Balboa is the Ocean's 13 of the Rocky franchise. Okay, I, I'm not familiar with the Ocean series, so... They did Ocean's 11 which was a remake of a classic film. But Ocean's Eleven was a huge hit. Such a huge hit that the studio said, we need to rush Ocean's Twelve into production. And all the people who did Ocean's Eleven said, well, we've got nothing. The, the, the story is done. We don't have yeah. anything. So the producers found a generic uh, heist script and rewrote it to be Ocean's 12. Yeah. And just added the characters into this script that was never meant to be an Ocean's 12. And that became the sequel. And it, sure, it made money, but it also sucked. And so, after Ocean's 12, George Clooney and Brad Pitt and all of that are like, okay, that last movie, it didn't sit right with me. Did it sit right with you? No. We need to make an Ocean's 13 just to make up for Ocean's 12. And George Clooney actually said in one of his uh, interviews that he originally wanted it to be called Ocean's the One to Make Up for Ocean's 12. <laughs> so basically, that is Rocky Balboa. Rocky V was such a bad film that it just sat in the back of Sylvester Stallone's head and it, he just kept getting pissed off and pissed off and pissed off until the point where he decided to redo it. Rocky V cost $42 million to make, which is almost twice as much as this film, which is shocking to me. Yeah. 
but it and it made 119 million dollars which means that rocky v did make money but it was also the lowest grossing film in the entire rocky franchise whereas rocky balboa cost 24 million dollars to make a much cheaper film and it made over 150 million so this one definitely made up for the last one both commercially and critically and i remember when rocky balboa came out i was so pissed off at rocky 5 that i remember thinking oh well, I'm not going to go see this movie. Rocky V sucked. And also, Rocky's too old to be fighting. But then um, uh, George Foreman came back in his like mid-40s, and he did okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. Except that <clears throat> Rocky has been beaten so bad that he's brain damaged. And yes, everybody but in the fucking industry knows about it. This movie should have just been... No. I, I think I'm gonna... No. To be I, fair, though, as we talked about... No. But I'm gonna be a myth! No. As we talked about last week, um, the, the, the thing that he had, everyone talked to him, doctors and scientists and, and uh, boxers and sports people, came up to him after Rocky V and said, yeah, uh, the thing he has is actually not that serious. Said he wouldn't die if he was in another fight. And he would probably be cleared enough to fight again. Just to let you know. And so that was another reason why Rocky Balboa came okay. out is that, oh but yeah, no, I did movie. F up in that film. And I wanted, I wanted him to have this bad thing happen to him because of the drama of the script. But no, he would have been fine to fight. So that's why Rocky Balboa the thing that upsets me is the fact that they don't really bring that up at all. Yeah. In this film, you would think that they would bring up the fact that he can, he can fight again and that his diagnosis was wrong from the previous film, but they don't mention it at all, which is freaking weird. Okay. Now, Jeannie also brought up a great point about okay. the whole Rocky series so far. And another lesson that we have learned in the Rocky movies. Yeah, hit me. You can either be rich and good-looking or stupid and ugly. There yeah. is no in-between. Yeah, yeah, I, I follow that. That's pretty good. Yeah. That has yeah. been Rocky's journey. I Like Paulie's going to be dead when we get to the creeds, right? Oh fuck, I hope so. Me too. But also Creed 2 is a direct sequel to Rocky 4. And like Dolph Lundgren's in it and whatever that woman was that what was her name? The woman that they cut out of Rocky Four for the director's cut. I forgot her name, and I don't want to find out what her it? name is because I'm kind of happy at the fact that I don't remember what her name is. Yeah. Bridget Nielsen! Yeah. Damn it. And She's in thing, it, and, like, like... Another thing that pissed me off about this movie, especially sitting here through the whole movie, like, somebody needs to make him just not not fight. Somebody needs to do that. 
and there are no more adults in the room anymore here. Finally, hey, really? finally, finally, Paulie it says, "This is the last one, Rock." And I was finally, like, "Finally, somebody does say that." That does. And it's fucking Paulie. Yeah. <laughs> it, one positive about this movie is that Paulie seems to be less of a shithead in this film. I mean, in this film, he realizes he's a shithead, which is good. Yeah. He's finally learned that, like, oh, yeah, I've been a shithead my whole life. Yeah, you loved, you loved uh, Adrian, and you treated him, treated her great. I treated her like shit. I, I've been an asshole my whole life. And it's like, oh, well, finally, there you go. Yeah. Do you still have the robot? But <laughs> you're nothing about the robot. I like where the film opens with an older Rocky who owns a local restaurant and he holds yeah. court and he tells all of his old stories. Like, I like that. But I do... I was not prepared for the return of Frank Stallone's doo-wop music. No. That took me aback. I was taken aback by that. Yes. Holy shit, we're back to Frank Stallone singing doo-wop music in front of a burning trash can. <laughs> it's like, damn it, I thought I was done with hearing Frank Stallone. Every time I think I'm out, they bring me back in. Um, I will say this, though, as much as I hate the character of Polly, I think he aged better than Rocky did. I don't think Polly looks that bad for the amount of time that has passed well, between 1970 whatever and 2006. I mean, he looked like shit in the first film and he still looks like shit. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. I mean, like he's maintained as to yeah. whether he looks good or bad. Like, wow, that's really subjective. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Talia Shire was all upset that she wasn't cast in this film and that she uh, was killed off in between films, but what in the world did she do for the last few movies other than just yell at Rocky when he needed to get yelled at? Yeah, and, and, the, and they, they just graduated the sun right yeah. into that position. Yeah, so I'm fine with losing her. I have no problem with that. So here's a weird fact, Bunny. About Rocky Bell, Rocky Ginkgo Biloba. Um, this film is called Rocky Balboa and not Rocky Six because there already was a Rocky Six. Okay. Rocky Six is a nine minute black and white Rocky parody made in Finland in 1986. Nice. It features Rocky with a, a fighting a Russian boxer, a parody of Rocky Four that had just come out, and it's a rematch. But in this rematch, the Russian just easily beats the shit out of Rocky. End of short film. Okay. It's on YouTube. <laughs> I saw it, and Rocky has these huge freaking eyebrows, but it's creepy. But well, that's why this movie isn't called Rocky Six. There already is a Rocky Six. 
if you, if you got it, we're going to have to play it. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. Yeah, if you got the link, send it to me. Okay. Let's see if I can listen. Uh, I like this movie, or I don't hate this movie. Is it the best Rocky movie? Oh, hell no. Is it the funnest Rocky movie? Oh, shit, no. I had fun with three. I had fun with four. Uh, but it's definitely a better end to Rocky's boxing career than freaking Rocky fun. Yes. And so, that's where I am. Uh, is this the best Rocky movie? No, but it's definitely better than Rocky V by a long shot. And that's the thing about the new Indiana Jones film. It's good. It's fine. Is it a great Indiana Jones movie? Fuck no. But it's this much better than The Crystal Skull. <laughs> so it's like, oh, did you like the new Indiana Jones movie? I didn't hate it. Yeah. It was fine. It was serviceable. Indiana Jones and The uh, Last Crusade was such an amazing, wonderful, incredible movie. This is in no way close to that, but it's better than the last one, yeah. so it'll do, that'll do, pig. That's the new Indiana Jones film, in a nutshell, and that is Rocky Balboa. It's not the best, it's not the worst, but it's better than the last one, so you're fine. Indiana Jones is, I'm, I'm just, just overall, I'm just like, yeah, it's okay. Like, I really didn't particularly love Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's a good movie. You know? Yeah. Uh, Temple of Doom is kind of a crap movie, but it's a fuckload of fun. Yeah. And then Last Crusade is, in my in my consideration, a good Indiana Jones movie. Love. Love Last Crusade. And then Absolutely love that film. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like how they made Shrek, and then they made Shrek 2, and then they stopped, because any other Shreks would just be a horrible film. Yeah. About what? Oh my goodness, yes! All of our puppies have been adopted! Yay! Oh. Oh. No, it's fine. I totally, I should have said that in the beginning in Jeff. Oh, that's great. That's great. We don't have to go to the city anymore. That's freaking <laughs> wonderful. Um, I One final thing about the movie Rocky Balboa. I love the fact that as they are going to the ring, Paulie decided to pick the music, and he picked the Frank Sinatra song High Hopes. I effing love that. As his ring music, Paulie... Uh, in Rocky Balboa, he seems to have realized that he's a piece of shit. And so, yeah, he's better. You, I said was! I'm not anymore! People can change! So, uh, he comes out to the song like, uh, to the song High Hopes. If I was a boxer, or a professional wrestler, or MMA, or anything like that, I know exactly what my uh, ring music would be. Yeah. Why can't we be friends? 
would be my uh, music, and I would try to hug my opponent before we did anything. I, if I had to pick another song, I would pick the rap song Someone's Gotta Poop on Dr. Phil by Josh the Bird. That is a real song, and I am trying to listen to it so much that when it's the end of 2023 and I get my Spotify rewind, that the amount that I've listened to the song Someone's Gotta Poop on Dr. Phil by Josh the Bird will astound people. <laughs> Eleanor, can you lower your copyrighted YouTube video that you are listening to on the same table as me? Okay, that's pretty good. I am going to talk about... I, again, I the thing that pisses me off about these Rocky movies is that even for a... I get sucked into the melodrama and the fights, and I cried at the end of this. Yeah. I, and I At the end, when he makes it to the end, and he says to this asshole guy that he's a good fighter, and then the asshole guy is thanking Rocky because he... You know, it, it, like, thank you for fighting me and for going the distance. And now people respect the fighter as a fighter and they respect Rocky for going the distance. And everyone thought he was too old, but he lasted the entire round. And it doesn't matter that he lost because he lasted the entire round, the entire boxing match. And, and, and he's leaving and everyone's happy for him. And yeah, I teared up. And, and like, it, it's it's these fucking melodramatic sports movies. Like even if I hate the Rocky film, the fights will still get me. It's yeah. the emotions, and I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I hate saying that I cried during Rocky Balboa, but I did. I absolutely did. Yeah. And also, I want to eat at Rocky's restaurant. Oh, remember Buca de Beppo, honey. Oh, I missed that. I'm going to order, uh, like, a plate of spaghetti and meatballs. Okay. And they give you, like, this massive plate, like, like your parents had a turkey on it in Thanksgiving. Like, this massive plate of food. And it's like you order one thing, and you basically ordered enough for the whole family-style dining. So whatever you ate, you had enough for everyone. Oh, I miss Buka de Beppo. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I miss Italian food. Okay, so I've got nothing else for uh, Rocky Balboa. Do you, buddy? How many yos? Ah, yes. I counted. I had a hard time because there was some rap music playing, and I wasn't 100% sure if there were any yo's in that. Yeah. I was surprised at how many yo's I got in the film. I was surprised by um, one of the yo's came from the uh, yuppies who worked with uh, Jess from Gilmore Girls. So I was impressed by that. I thought they'd all come from Polly, but they didn't. Yeah. I counted 20. Okay, I got 18. Okay. So, do you want so to split the difference and go 19? Let's do that. Sweet. Let's make 19 yo's. So, so, okay, so what are we at? at oh, Rocky six? oh, I didn't take the total, but we were at 66. 66 plus 19, that's at least 50. Uh, <laughs> 85? 
Damn! And we still have three movies to go! Yes, we do. We're at 85. We might get triple digits by the time we end this Rocky franchise. That, that is fascinating to me. <laughs> I mean, I knew we'd get big numbers because Rocky, but dang, we're at 85. That is incredible. Yes. Well, in our next episode, we we are watching what is no doubt the weirdest film in the Rocky franchise. Uh, it's a bit of a departure yes. because uh, there's boxing in the title, but there's no... Uh, it's the 1993 film Boxing Helena. Yes. Uh, starring Sherilyn Fent and Bill Paxton. Uh, and Bill Paxton? It's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a departure. Uh, Art Garfunkel's in it. Oh my god. And Kirkwood Smith, the death from that 70s show? Oh shit. So this is going to be exciting. Uh, I believe it's already on Cough Cough, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I already have it. Uh, okay. I, 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 you, you, you put up a bunch at once, and I grabbed it at once. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, I. This is here for us to get a little break. This this movie, from what I recall, was one of the the one of your minor Hollywood clusterfucks. Yeah. Not a Heaven's Gate level clusterfuck. But wasn't it like what? originally supposed to be like Dudley Moore and Kim Bassinger and like Dudley Moore went and fucking died and. Kim Bassinger had a whole lawsuit to try to break her contract for some reason. Uh, I think that Madonna was attached at some point in time yeah. to this. Uh, yeah, Kim Bassing, Kim Basing, Basin, Kim, Kimmy, Kim B, and Madonna were both attached to be in this, and it caused all these legal problems and this and that. I have never seen the film, which is why I chose it, because, again, I didn't see any of the Rocky movies after Rocky V, so I also didn't see Boxing Out. Yeah. But um, it's going to be a bit of a different, because is there boxing in it? Yes, but not the type of boxing that we're used to. No. But it's interesting to see where the Rocky... Boxing Helena is the Halloween 3 of the Rocky franchise. Yes, okay. There you I, go. I think that would be a so, good Yeah. So, uh, Sylvester Stallone isn't even in Boxing Helena. What? So this is going to be a weird one. I can't wait until uh, uh, Bill Paxton is revealed to be the witch in charge of the Silver Silver Shamrock Company. Yes. Happy, happy Halloween, 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 happy, happy Halloween, boxing, Helena. Do, 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 watch. Do, 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 do. And that's my impression of Halloween 3. Uh, so that's next week. We're going to watch boxing, Helena. We're at 85, yo's. This is incredible. 
And, uh, but that's, that's our next episode. Now that I look back at this episode, uh, Ocean's 13, uh, Bernie Madoff, uh, Bobby Bonilla Day, Gay Monkeys. I gotta say, I think this has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Okay, good. Yes, I... I uh, I also felt that it was a damn good episode, but I feel like you're the one who makes those distinctions and gives that label to an episode, and I don't want to step on any toes. But yes, I concur with your assessment, good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I am Reverend May Lynn, and on behalf of Eleanor... And Maxwell and Mal and Natasha. I just want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we will see you next week, you godless heathens. <laughs> Thank you. And you rock. Okay. Godzilla, what foul language? Cut and print. And That's a wrap.